Welcome to the Average Joe Theology Show. My name is Levi Sanders. My name is Hunter Harrison. And my name is Jay Schaefer. Okay, so uh, this is another Friday episode with a question. Um, and today's question is, can our prayers change God's mind? Mm-hmm. Or God's mind. Actually, we have God a... God's mind. A, yeah, God's mind. Okay, we have a, <laughs> we have a couple questions, actually. Um, yeah. But that's kind of what, what's going to lead the discussion, that main um, question. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Chase. I know you got some stuff. Oh dear, some yeah. stuff ready for this one. <clears throat> oh dear. And and you know this comes from our our idea for these Friday episodes is really just to have a conversation about some sort of question that um, most Christians or non Christians alike w- would ask, right? Or or wonder things that you know. Just basic questions that we want yeah. to know about. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's what we've covered so far, tips on reading the Bible or um, how should Christians respond to the election or, mm-hmm. you know, we've done a couple of them. Um, just everyday Joe topics. Yeah, just, yeah. just good questions because <laughs> we know that the deep Bible study that we do on the Monday episodes isn't necessarily for everyone. Um, and, and we wanted this to be somewhat of a shorter dialogue about um, something where we could just you know, seek out the answers to to these questions from God's word because oftentimes we wonder the same questions. What, yeah, we do, and I mean, this is literally All every question that we have had. I think up until now has been uh, Levi will ask me, like every one that I've come up with, he'll ask me. He'll be like, "Oh, hey, what, you got a question? Like a bonus?" And I'm like, "What question is something that some Christian or somebody asked me this week?" Yeah, and literally every single one has been something that's happened at my church or in a small group mm. or my college group or youth. Yeah, and it's just somebody like asking a question. I'm like, I actually did not know that. Whenever I was like, mm-hmm. like years ago, and I wish yeah. somebody would have answered it. Right. So this is one of them. Sure. I think that was really big because it actually made me really self conscious for a while in the way that I, like, I was just kind of like, this was a long time ago. Whenever I was really struggling, I'm like not really trusting in God's word. This is before I was a Christian and our, and I was reading it and I'm like, just not understanding basic right. things that were, were going on. Or I, I just didn't have a good grasp of what the scripture was saying. So mm-hmm. I doubted things whenever I just never even truly looked into it in the mm-hmm. first place. It was really stupid, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, changed. that's, that's just how we are though. Yeah. So, so um, once again, so today's, today's topic is can our prayers Change God's mind. And this is an interesting no. question. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so there you go. There you go. Um, We're done. Bonus. So, so it's an interesting question because there are multiple passages of Scripture that may lead you to believe yes. that that they can change God's mind, that our prayers mm-hmm. can change God's mind. Because sure. we, we see, um, just to list off a couple, and I know we're going to dive into a few of them, like... Uh, for instance, Moses on on Mount Sinai, yep, um, when he comes down to the to the golden calf, right? God says, "Well, I'm going to wipe out all these all these Israelites because they built the golden calf." And Moses is like, "No, God, don't do it." And God doesn't do it, but then Moses does it, right? Yeah. Like, another one is is Jonah, and we're going to talk about that one where mm-hmm. the people of Nineveh repent, and so God doesn't actually wipe them out like He said He was going to. Um, I mean, you, you know, you've got multiple areas, yeah, multiple so passages many. that you could talk talk about. So um, kind of just talk about that for a little bit, Chase. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like I said, the short answer would be no. Like, can our prayers change God's mind? 
or is God's mind changed really? Um, and so I would say that the, like I said, the short answer is no, but mm-hmm. the word that we use to describe God is, it's a term called immutable, immutable. And basically it means that he does not change and that he never will. And so it's like God is also completely sovereign and control of everything and he knows everything and he sets everything in place. So whenever somebody's immutable, the, the questions come up whenever you start to go against that. Like, well, what about, um, actually I'm gonna use a scripture real quick that kind of goes with the immutable thing. It's uh, James 1.17. Um, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And this is what's important. With whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And and so from that, like God never changes. He's immutable. Mm-hmm. And so you do find passages of scripture, like you said, though, where in Jonah, where... Um, which that would be more of a not really changing his mind, but he did something that was that was really different. He repented. Well, I think some people would say that that I mean I know there are some people that say God changed his mind, right? That he. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and if you go to that conclusion, you, there's so many different things that pop up that are wrong. So um, let's say that we we can change God's mind. Okay. So we that brings up but... questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we could change God's mind, then with our prayers, if we if we come to God and say, God, please don't do this, and he changes his mind, it means that he is coming to a, a sinful, lower creature mm-hmm. and changing his better, perfect plan I mean, because we, of what we ask. We would be more or less on par with God if that was the case. If we could change God's right. mind, yes. I mean, we would he be, would be influenced by e- man. I don't want to say the word equal, but yes. like God would not be who God is actually. Because yeah. if right. he's like, oh, okay, sinful man, you're right. That This idea is much better than my idea. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. I never even thought of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you're like, yeah, you, like, obviously God is all That's not the knowledge. God of he knows everything. So if he knows everything, then the thing would be is that since he knows everything, he doesn't need our advice or our no. wisdom or input or l- not really wisdom, but lack of wisdom right. that, uh, to really get in the way of his plan. And so, um, like, so in... Besides, our wisdom comes from God. Mm-hmm. All wisdom that we do have, yeah. So it doesn't go the other way around. Right. We're not sending him any wisdom. No, he got it all. <laughs> we are only getting it from him so yes that's a little backwards and i think you know i did some further studying on jonah and i think that story is is like super good as far as saying that god cannot change his mind right because because you see in the end right he i mean this is a pretty familiar story too which is is good to reference um but god tells jonah go to nineveh Mm -hmm. right and tell them that that they're going to be judged right and so he flees Mm -hmm. Right, and he gets in, he gets swallowed up by a well, and then he gets spit out. Right, and then where does he go? To Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then he tells them, "Oh, God's going to judge you." And what do they do? They repent. Right. So then, at the end of of Nine, or at the end of Jonah three, it actually says, "When God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he was." he had declared he would bring upon them and he did not do it. So, right. So some people may read that and say, well, God changed his mind, Mm. right? He saw what they did. And based on what they did, based on their action, he Mm. changed his mind. 
But the cool thing is you look at what Jonah says right after that, mm-hmm. right? So then in chapter four of Jonah, Jonah says, so Jonah gets mad, right? We're familiar with that. Yes. So, so Nineveh yeah. repents, Jonah gets mad. Yep. And Jonah, it, it says in chapter four of Jonah, it says, but it greatly displeased, displeased Jonah and he became angry. And then listen to this. This is interesting. He, can you turn that off? Boom. He prayed to the Lord and said, please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my home country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. So so basically, Jonah knew exactly that this was going to happen. Jonah knew that when he went to Nineveh, right, he didn't like the people of Nineveh. But he knew when he went to Nineveh, because God told him to, he was going to express to them what God was going to do. They were going to repent, and God was going to not punish them. Mm-hmm. He knew that was going to happen. Jonah did before he even went there. That's why he fled. So then if we're saying God changed his mind, that God did not know that they were going to repent and then he was not going to punish them, then we're saying Jonah knew more about what happened to Nineveh than God did. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that make any sense? <laughs> and then backwards. I, I, so I actually with this, I just think that I read a couple of articles on it and Ligonier did something on this and they explained it beautifully. Because it says that God repented, and that's where people, you know, that's where people have problems as well. Because the book of Jonah, this is the quote, the book of Jonah tells us that God repented of the judgment he had planned for the people of Nineveh. Uh, That's Jonah 3.10. And using the concept of repentance here, the Bible is describing God who is spirit. In what theologians call anthropomorphic language, obviously the Bible does not mean that God repented in the way that we would repent. Otherwise, he would rightly assume that God had sinned and therefore mm-hmm. would need a savior himself. What it clearly means is that God removed the thread of judgment from the people. The Hebrew word nakam translated repent in the King James Version means comforted or eased in that case. God was comforted and felt at ease that the people had turned from their sin and therefore he revoked the sentence of judgment he had imposed. So, boom, there's that. I like that one too. Get so that explain one to way. us. Explain to us. Anthropomorphic. Yep. Anthropomorphic language. Uh, let me find that little thing I had. It's a okay. big word. It, it's it. Yeah. Anthropomorphic. <laughs> it, it, it's just a basic idea that's like this is the language that have that means having human characteristics for something that usually doesn't have them or has a higher thinking. Right. So it, it allows mm. us as readers, like God, literally put that in the Word of God. He used that so we can understand what he was doing or how he was feeling better. Right. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, even if even if God didn't tell us that that God relented of what he was going to do, which is what mine says, or repented mm-hmm. in, in your version, right? Yeah. Even if he didn't tell us that, right? If we just read, well, God was going to do this, and then, he, and then he did, and he did something different because of what they did, that's kind of how we would view it. Yes. Right. So yes. instead, he just tells us it in in human language. Mm-hmm. Another another example of anthropomorphic language is like any time in scripture where it references God's body parts, like God's eyes or God's hand. Right. right? God is. John says that God is spirit, so he doesn't have any body parts. So that's another another um, instance of anthropomorphic yeah. language. But um, another another area I want to go to just real quick, just to to say that God cannot change his mind is mm-hmm. is first Samuel 15. Um, this is where Saul, the first king of Israel becomes disobedient. And so it said, it actually says that God, the Lord said, 
I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me. Right? So he it says that so he regretted, regretted it. Yeah, that's right? crazy. Yeah. So then he changes his mind and he goes to David. If that's what you if that's how you would you, that's mm-hmm. how oftentimes we would read it, right? He changes yeah. his mind on Saul, so he takes the king king kingship away from him and gives it to David, this kid that right. slung a slingshot. Right? That's what it, that's what that means to us. Right. The way we read it. Right. He regretted it. Like he 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 wished he had not done it. Right. But that's ultimately not true because if you read on in First Samuel, it actually says this. Samuel, once again talking to Saul, says, um, he says, the glory of Israel, that being God, obviously, will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. So once again, he's saying God is not a man. He can't change his mind. Right. Like Chase said, he's immutable. He's mm-hmm. unchangeable. Um, however, because we are human and we understand the human language, they use anthropomorphic language or human language to tell us that God regretted it. And that just meaning that God had sorrow. God was sorrowful right. that he had made Saul king because this this <clears throat> situation had happened, although God knew it was gonna it was gonna happen, right? Yeah, God right. God is is the God that tells the end from the beginning. Right. That's so, so then we would say that our the problem lies with the fact that so my translation uses the word regret. Yours says changed his mind. But we would say no, that... No, mine says, mine says regret. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh. I don't know where the I Lord got that re- then. He said, I regret that I made Saul king. Oh. Maybe I just heard I you just say that. Of, I just said it, out yeah. of con- Okay, got you. Um, we would say that the issue is that the... Whatever the original Hebrew word is that's in the place of regret, the way it has been translated, a little is lost. And then the way we define the word regret or what would have been translated from Hebrew doesn't necessarily mean the same thing that the original Hebrew. Well, well actually if you look at the original Hebrew, it's pretty similar. Mm. Um, But like I say, it's still anthropomorphic language. It's still, it's still God speaking in human terminology so that we can understand what's going on. Although uh, he did not literally regret it right? Mm -hmm. or literally change his mind. He Mm -hmm. just, was sorrowful. Mm-hmm. But that's how we see it. That's how we right. perceive it regardless. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, You got something, Chase? Yeah, I got... Uh, I could bring it up a couple more. Um, I just want to get them out of the way because I know people might also say to these. Uh, if you look at Exodus 32, 11 through 14, this is whenever God said basically he was just going to use Moses uh, and wipe out everybody that were... Um, that had come out of Egypt with Moses. And... But it says in 11, but Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with your mighty hand? And um, basically he keeps on going. And then it says, um, and the Lord, in verse 14, and the Lord relented from the disaster they had spoken of bringing on his people. And this is after Moses had like pleaded with God to, am I, am I far off or something like that? You were a little bit far off. Okay, sorry. Well, I think you're still probably good. Okay, okay. But this is like, um, he's pleading and saying like, please, like, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so two things, pl- places I would go to, one would be Numbers 23, 19 through 10. Uh and this is just an awesome verse. It's later on, but God is not a man. Yeah. Numbers 23, 19 through 20. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and he, and he will not do it. 
Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. And then R.C. Sproul also says, and I thought this was really good, the biblical narratives in which God appears to repent or change his mind are almost always narratives that deal with his threats of judgment and punishment. These threats are then followed by the repentance of the people or by the intercessory petitions of their leaders. God is not talked into changing his mind. Out of his gracious heart, he only does what he has promised to do all along, not punish sinners who repent and turn from their evil ways. He chooses not to do what he has every right to do. The point of these narratives is to encourage us to pray. We are to make intercession. The promised threat of divine punishments are given with a condition attached that if we repent, we escape those punishments. So that's a great quote. Um, yeah, I love that I, quote. I love the story of Exodus. Like this is one of mm-hmm. my this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I think it's I think it's just <laughs> so cool. So so Moses goes up on the mountain, right? Jesus all of the pagan Israelites down there are worshiping the golden calf, right? Mm-hmm. So God says, well, I'm going to go down there and, and I'm just going to wipe them out, right? And Moses said, please, God, do not wipe them out. God doesn't. And then Moses goes down and kills them all. So I think this is a perfect lead-in to your next question, Chase. Mm-hmm. So what was the next question? So the the next question I had that actually somebody had brought up one time, uh, why should we pray? Then. So I think this is a perfect story to lead into that, right? Mm-hmm. So Moses goes up on the mountain. God said he's going to do this thing. Yeah. Right? What does Moses do? He prays. He prays to God. He intercedes for his people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, through his prayer, because if, if you just read it, if you just read the story and you don't understand what's going on, it seems kind of weird. Because Moses is asking God not to do exactly what he ends up yeah, doing. He, he's like, God, right. you promised this. You did this exactly. and you said you would do this, but so, please so don't why, do it. Yeah, so why would you kill him, right? Please, God, don't kill them. And then Moses goes down the mountain. He's like, gathers Aaron and a couple other guys. He's like, okay, listen, guys, we got to kill them. We got to kill them all. <laughs> it says he killed okay. 3,000. So, so, 3,000 so people fell It doesn't day. make sense. But what happened is Moses got up on the mountain. God says, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moses initially is like, no, 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 no. Right. We can't do this. Right. However, through prayer with God, mm-hmm. Moses, and ultimately, what does prayer do? It reorients our hearts. Yeah, prayer never God's. Yeah. It reorients our own hearts, right? Mm-hmm. right? So so Moses prays to God through his conversation with God. Ultimately, Moses realizes that God is holy, that God is is holy, right? Yes. So so he cannot look upon sin. Holy. So so <laughs> Moses is like, Moses is like, okay, immediate reaction. No, God, do not do this, right? But then he he's talking to God. He's reflecting on God and what God has done for them. He realizes God is holy. And you know what? This is disobedience and blatant disregard for God's law. Mm-hmm. So then he gets mad in, in a righteous anger, just as we see Jesus get mad because God's glory is being rubbed in the mud, mm-hmm. right? So because of prayer, his heart is changed. Right. Then he gets mad for God and he goes down there and kills them all. So ultimately, God didn't change his mind. God used Moses through Moses' prayer to make sure his will comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Just the same. You go to Jonah, yep. right? Jonah doesn't want to do this. However, it happens, mm-hmm. right? And then and then God, God has used Jonah to make sure his God's will comes to pass, which right. was that Nineveh repent yes. and, and turn back to him, yes. right? He didn't change his mind. Mm-mm. So the point of prayer is that we reorient ourselves. Yes. I mean, like, that's what it says whenever the, I don't know what passage is, Levi, do you know about chance or do you know, Hunter, like where it talks about where uh, if 
our hearts need to be aligned with God's so that whenever we pray, basically he will like we, if we pray, anything we pray for will happen. But mm-hmm. because our hearts are so aligned with God's, what we, what we, our desires are and what we pray for is what God prays for, or is what right. God wants. Should be God's will. Yeah, it will be God's will. That's what will happen because right. it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that we're just like, God, I, I, my heart's aligned. Give me that car. It'd be like, right. no, like you pray for what God wants. Right. And then that will happen. As and servants so, of God, our prayers should ultimately be God's will. Yes. Right? So like mm-hmm. you see Jesus, he may ask for something different, like in the garden, right? Jesus is like, please take this cup from me, right? Mm-hmm. But then he's like, but if it be your will, yeah. may your will be done. Right. And, and, and may I be used in that way. Yeah. I mean, prayer has so many different like ways that we're like, one is communication with God, the reasons for prayer, communication with God. Uh, us, whenever we pray saying like, God, I'm struggling with this, and God then using that to hopefully like mold us closer to him and then also it yeah then that's prayer i guess actually never mind yeah. but yeah just to mold our hearts now i think and, and me and you kind of talked about this today a little bit what um i think you can go like and this this kind of gets almost like a mind explosion Uh oh. but like you can go super deep on on prayer like why mm-hmm. do we pray right so like another common question is if if god is sovereign mm. over all things yep. then why do we pray Right. right. If God has already preordained all things that are going right. to come to pass, we well, pray? God uses we our prayers to co- to bring forth His will. And I think, right. So, so mm-hmm. I think yeah. another perfect example of that is just the story we just talked about in Deuteronomy. God used Moses' prayer to bring forth His will through Moses. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So, just the same. I think, like, like for instance, if I I believe God is sovereign, so if Hunter's my friend and Hunter is an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for Hunter. Yeah. Right? I'm going to pray that God would mm. call Hunter to himself, bring him out of his sin, and, and regenerate him, and justify him, and grow him. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. what I'm going to pray for. Um, and I think a lot of times God uses our prayers to give us a heart, reorient our heart, yeah. to bring maybe this this lost person to faith. Amen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's ultimately still God is sovereign. He did it all. Yeah. But I think he uses uses mm-hmm. prayer in that Absolutely. way. Um. And 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 sometimes it's hard to think about it that way, right? It just seems like, well, if he's in control, then why do we pray? But he uses our prayers to reorient us mm-hmm. and to make his will come to pass. Mm-hmm. And he also calls us to pray us to do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just obedience. So, yeah. so I mean, I don't have any other questions. No, nah, I think that's it. Yep. You got anything, Hunter? Mm-mm. So short answer, does prayer change God's mind? No. Why do we pray? Because it reorients our hearts and God uses it to bring forth his will. And because he told us to. Sounds good. Amen. Okay, so you, now listen. We hope right. you guys enjoy this little Friday episode. If you have a question that you want mm, answered yeah. or that you think would be a good one, a good a good discussion topic, hit us on the Facebook page. Go to Average Joe Theology on Let Facebook. No. And uh, just type it in there. Send us a message, whatever. We almost lost it there. We, almost we lost did. It. I we, deactivated my Facebook because I was tired of the <laughs> social medias. And then what happened? And we thought our uh, Facebook page with all our episodes was gone. We were very upset. However, we found it in Hunter's settings. He just had to become an admin. Yep. If you hadn't sent me the invite, though. I threw you a lifeline right before I actually deleted my page. If you hadn't done that, it would have been gone. (laughs) I would have been furious. (laughs) Okay. Well, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Boom.